0: Good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, December 6th, 2018. And this program is meant to resent nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's y o u r d i y like d do it yourself. Health h e a l t h. yourdiyhealth.com and there's all kinds of information there. I'm going to be updating it here with some new stuff here uh, hopefully in the next day or so, but there's tons of information up there right now. It's basically a complete course in natural health. You go through that website, when you're done, you're going to have more knowledge about how to keep your body healthy naturally than any MD is ever going to know. And you'll do a far better job doing it yourself than you would if you go to an MD to have them try and do it. Because given half a chance, they will kill you. Now, if you uh, would like to check in and get some information or place an order for the longevity products that we talk about on the show and on the website, you can do so by calling our toll-free order line at 855-80-YOUNG, 855-809-6864. Again, 855-809-6864, and Jeff, Sally, and Robert are standing by, ready to take your calls. They're very knowledgeable in the product line and the home-based business opportunity, and we encourage you to check them out, help uh, give them uh, a chance to answer your questions, uh, give you the right uh, direction to get on board with the right products to restore your health naturally using science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition. And again, just give them a call at 855-809-6864. If you scroll down a little bit further on the homepage, you'll see a CTFO link, which is Changing the Future Outlook. It's a company that I'm dealing with that has really, really good CBD oil products. They have over 70, and they're all natural, all U.S. sourced, uh, put together without using any toxic chemicals or anything like that. There's no animal testing, uh, just fine, top-notch products. Their sleep product is unbelievable. It works like nobody's business. I just love it. And um, everything I've used has worked very well. And they on top of that, they have a 60-day empty bottle money-back guarantee. So you can try this stuff, use it all up. And if you're not happy, send it back and get your money back. And it's also, uh, the other cool thing is the, if you'd like to start up a home-based business, this is another good possibility. They have all kinds of products. And like I said, um, the really cool part is it costs absolutely nothing to become a distributor. And you can actually make money with this company without spending money. You can sign up as a distributor free of charge, not buy anything. But if someone signs up underneath you, and if they buy something, you get a twenty percent bonus. That's pretty cool. And I have yet to find any other company that does that. The you know for the entire um, uh, pay program for this company, the most you ever have to spend in a month for from the zero to the top notch. Uh, distributor level is $47.47 that is pretty cool less than 48 bucks a month and you qualify for everything in the pay plan that's awesome so check it out there's videos on the site that talk about all the different uh, aspects including the pay plan a couple of parts of it are actually uh, patented which is pretty cool They've got some features in their program that I've never seen anywhere else, and I'm pretty excited about it. So anyway, check that out, and if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you'll see a Facebook button. Click that, and it'll take you to the Facebook page set up for the radio show. And I have been posting things there all week long, including some that went up today. And I encourage you to check it out. Hit the Like button so other people can find out about it. And uh, hit the Follow button so every time something's posted there, you'll get a notice. That's pretty cool, too. And also, if you have any questions about any of the other things listed on the website besides the Longevity products, uh, such as the CBD oil products or the Pulse Electromagnetic Therapy Unit that's mentioned in the Trinity of Health, then you'll need to contact me directly. And you can do that by clicking the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of using the phone or email to send me a message. Just keep in mind, if you use email, I don't answer or I don't check emails during the show, but I do check them afterwards. And anything that comes in, we'll get a response within a few hours. Uh, keep also in mind that the topics discussed and the pro, uh, and the uh, topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and/or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the People's Patriot Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in and nothing we see on this show should be uh construed as attempting to diagnose treat or cure any health issue also um if you hit the um uh, what do I say <laughs> if you hit the radio shows tab you will see at the top of the page a link to our new archive page and it's just the uh, the black uh image there that has my picture and microphone if you click on that it'll take you right back right to castbox.fm uh, to the page that's set up for the, our Your DIY Health Radio Show archive. Uh, you can also search at castbox.fm, and that will bring up both my show and Roger's uh, Radio Ranch show, very close to the top, and you can bookmark them both, and that way you'll have access to them at any time. And as well, they have an um, uh, iPhone and Android app that you can download to your smartphone, and that way you can listen on your phone anytime you want. And that's a pretty cool thing. So I encourage you to take advantage of the uh, archives now that we have them. Share them on Facebook and other uh, social media. Let your friends and family members know about it. Anybody that you think would like to know about natural health or um, uh, financial and spiritual and um, uh, political freedom, uh, pass out the links to both mine and Roger's and the rest of the shows here on People's Patriot Network. Now, the uh, number to call in today, if you'd like, is 614-426-8787, 614-426-8787, and um, also on the bottom of the uh, page, for the radio show page, is chat room. Excuse me, just a Sorry about that. Um, we have a chat room that's been set up at the request of some of the listeners. It's a great way to, um, it's an alternative You can uh, chat back and forth amongst yourselves. You can also use it to pose questions. If you are in a position where you either cannot call into the show or you don't feel comfortable calling into a live show, just type it into the chat room. With any luck, I will see it, and I'll be able to address it for you. So that's there for you to use as well. And uh, yesterday, uh, Patrick called in right at the end of the show and asked me to talk about bread and the effect it has on your gut yeah. Sorry, I've already done two hours of radio today, and I was up late last night and up early in this morning, so I apologize for the yawning, but, um, and that sleep product's still working. <laughs> it's trying to keep me, get me back to sleep. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Patrick called in right at the end of the show yesterday and asked me to talk about bread and the effect it has on your uh, intestines and your body as a whole. And I thought it might even be better to get it from the horse's mouth. Um, And I have dug up a couple of things. Uh, The first one is a recording of Dr. Wallach talking about um, gluten and bread in general. And I'm going to go ahead and play that for you right now. It's about uh, six minutes long, something like that. And then we will go from there. So here's Dr. Wallach discussing gluten.
1: Well, I want to talk about gluten intolerance today. It was even on uh, one of the network TVs, they had a whole big thing on gluten and all the movie stars and athletes who were affected by it. And uh, right now, according to, uh, actually it was 2009, according to uh, Mayo Clinic, a big international clinic uh, in Rochester, Minnesota, they said 30 out of 100, just about one-third of Americans are gluten intolerant. Now, we're talking about 115 million Americans, a huge market, 115 million Americans and uh, you're looking at 30 million baby boomers are gluten intolerant. And then when you look at certain uh, cultural or ethnic groups, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists are 80% gluten intolerant, the Mormons are 80% gluten intolerant, and the Amish are 80% gluten intolerant because they eat so much grain. Now, um, I urge you to get a hold of my CD called "Cereal Killers, spelled C-E-R-I-A-L. It's a contraction of two words, cereal, like C-E-R-E-A-L, the cereal you eat for breakfast, and then cereal, S-E-R-I-A-L, like cereal killers, people who kill people every week kind of thing. So once you get a hold of that uh, CD, Cereal Killers, once you get a hold of the book Hell's Kitchen, and that will give you a lot of references. It will give you a lot of uh, information. We just don't have time for in this monologue. But it's a serious problem. And not only do you get from gluten intolerance, it's not an allergy to wheat. When you're gluten intolerant, you're actually sensitive. You're intolerant of Wheat, barley, rye, and oat proteins not in an allergic fa- fashion. You don't get the same biochemical activities that happen when you have an allergy. Uh, it's kind of like uh, more like a contact dermatitis when you roll around naked in a patch of poison ivy. You're not allergic to poison ivy, but you sure are going to be intolerant of it. Well, the same thing that happens when you eat gluten from wheat, barley, rye, and oats or drink it in beer, scotch, and bourbon or any other uh, alcohol drinks or any drinks that are made from um, uh, wheat, barley, rye, and oats. Um, your, your intestines are going to look like you've been eating poison ivy for um, uh, salads. And so a lot of doctors will call this leaky gut syndrome, um, and a lot of people will get called celiac disease. It will be called um, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, appendicitis, diverticulitis, um, Crohn's disease, the most severe form where they want to start amputating chunks of your intestine. Uh, They will take out your appendix. They'll take out your gallbladder because of belly pain. Colicky babies have the symptoms. And then secondarily to this, you can get any one of hundreds of diseases that are nutritional deficiency disease because when your intestines change negatively like this, it reduces your ability to absorb things by as much as 80 to 90 percent. And you get all these diseases. You might have 25, 30, 40, 50 diseases all caused by malabsorption of nutrients. Of course, the doctors say, well, you have an autoimmune disease. Your body's attacking itself. You have a genetic disease, which is passed on from generation to generation. Of course, gluten intolerance is passed on through women, not through men. It's not a genetic thing. So men don't contribute to passing it on, but they can get it from their mother, either through cord blood or through breast milk. Same way with the girls. The girls pass it on because they will expose the embryo to cord blood, of course, and then they expose the embryo or the newborn baby to breast milk. So in either case, they're going to um, initiate gluten intolerance in the embryo or the newborn baby. So uh, this is something you have to be aware of. So some of the more common uh, symptoms that people get or diseases they get when in the earliest stages of gluten intolerance, we're talking uh, things like, um, oh, uh, colicky babies. Take the baby off the breast milk and you put them on a farm milk. Hey, boy, they're happy because they're not getting the gluten through the mother's breast milk anymore. And then they start eating solid food again. Then they start getting belly pain. They don't want to go to school. And you think, oh, the kids, the teacher being bad to the kid. The kid's got belly pain. Um, mommy, I don't want to go to school. My belly hurts. Uh, the doctor takes her appendix out. Uh, they get a little older, they'll take their gallbladder out. Get a little older, they want to have take chunks of their colon and their small bowels. And then you begin to gain weight because you're hungry all the time because you can't absorb minerals. And so you have pica and cribbing and, and the munchies because you're minerally deficient. And so you start eating more and more and more, and you can absorb sugar and calories. As a result, it's not unusual for people who have gluten intolerance to be overweight. It's not always. just like always people who are overweight don't get diabetes. Just because you have gluten intolerance and a malabsorption problem doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get overweight or stay thin. So uh, it could be 50-50. You may have some people in your family who are overweight and some who are very thin, and they all have gluten intolerance. Then asthma is a very common Result of gluten intolerance because the large fatty particles, uh, things like essential fatty acids and cholesterol that are necessary to make the prostaglandins to keep your bronchi open, um, these things cannot be absorbed uh, and you can't manufacture the prostaglandins properly without the omega-3s, 6s, and 9s, the proper ratios. As a result, you get a high rate of asthma in people who are maybe chronic bronchitis or chronic colds or susceptibility to pneumonia every winter. Because during the wintertime, you're eating more, oh, yeah, waffles and pancakes and toast and oatmeal and that kind of stuff during the wintertime. So it tends to be worse because, oh, it's the dry air during the wintertime. No. You're going to get skin problems, eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, um, rosacea on your face, very typical of alcohol drinkers that get rosacea on the face. And uh, there's this guy with rosacea all over his face. He's kind of a chunky, geeky kind of guy, really maybe 50 pounds overweight, being kissed and loved all over by this beautiful, um, drop-dead poster girl, cover girl, and she's just loving this guy, and he's he's covered in rosacea all over his face because he's got a gluten intolerance. Now, they don't know that. They just think he's a geeky guy with rosacea.
0: So that's uh, Dr. Wallach talking about the effects of gluten, which comes from wheat, barley, rye, and oats, uh, especially white bread on your body. Not a good thing. And... It goes far beyond that. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'll just eat gluten-free bread. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's not really good for you either. Because even if you eat gluten-free, you're still giving your body a bunch of crap that it really doesn't need. Anybody remember back in the old days when the cheap version of wallpaper paste was flour and water? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, guess what? If it holds, if it sticks up and holds wallpaper to your walls for long periods of time, what do you think that stuff does when it gets into your gut? And it is entirely possible that the flour from bread can can do just that. It'll get into your gut. It'll plug things up. It causes inflammation. Um, and on top of that, it still causes you to gain weight because the gluten or protein in your in breads and things like that is not necessarily going to cause you to gain weight it's the other constituents that are still there even in gluten-free bread that causes weight gain and prime example you know when you see somebody who doesn't drink but they have a beer gut (laughs) you know beer is nothing more than liquid bread so if they're not a drinker but they have a big belly it's from eating bread and i can i can attest to this personally years ago somebody gave me a bread maker for christmas and i love bread i used to make my own bread before i got the bread maker i would make my own bread you know do, go through all the stuff From scratch, putting everything together, making the dough, putting it in a pan, letting it rise and all that stuff, baking it and everything. I just loved fresh-baked bread. I could sit down with a loaf of fresh bread, a stick of butter, and a jar of my mom's homemade strawberry jam, and in half an hour, it would all be gone. (laughs) I could eat the whole thing. And I had what most people would figure to be a beer gut. But I didn't drink beer. I stopped drinking years ago. But I had a big belly. And in 2012, when I got on board with Dr. Wallach's protocols, and I got also on board with the good food, bad food protocol, I stopped eating bread, cut out all the wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And the funny thing was, is before I started that, I could look down and all I saw was belly. I could not see my feet. I knew I had feet. I'd seen them years earlier, but right at that time, I couldn't see them. When I looked down, all I could see was my belly. And the funny thing is, when I cut bread out of my diet 45 days later, I could see my belt buckle. I'd look down and my stomach was totally flat without doing a whole bunch of exercise and stuff. And I could see my belt buckle. If my shirt was tucked in, I could see the belt buckle. And that is still true today. It's getting a little tougher because my wife still is dragging me, kicking and screaming. Uh, She's an old uh, Eastern European bloodline and loves the meat and potatoes and dumplings and all that kind of junk and unfortunately tends to cook that way. And I have sometimes little choice but to eat what she makes, so I get stuck eating some of that stuff from time to time. I do it as sparingly as possible, and it has taken some toll. You know, I've lost 70 pounds in the process of getting on these products and I've gained a little of it back because of the the cooking. But um nowhere near like most people when they go through a diet process in a very short time, less than a uh, 6 months to a year, they gain everything back and then some. Well, I lost 70 pounds and I've kept most of it off for the last 6 years. So that's pretty good. But anyway, <clears throat> Bread is not good for you. There's really nothing, no reason to eat bread. It's a comfort food. It actually has opiate-like compounds in it, which is why people, you know, love to eat that stuff. But really, there's no, there's really no reason to consume bread. There's nothing in it that you need, and there's all kinds of stuff in it that you don't need. And, um especially if you're gluten intolerant, which as, you know, like I said, when you listen to Dr. Wallach, as as few as 30%, and in some cases, some estimates are as high as 70% of Americans are gluten intolerant. And depending on the culture, like he was mentioning, the I think it was like 70 or 80% of Mormons, I think it was, were gluten intolerant. And the funny thing is, is Mormons are big on storing food, And one of the main things they store is grain. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. You know, years ago I did survival shows. We put them on and we had a lot of guys that came from Utah that were big, you know, sellers of storable food. And they had the number 10 cans and all kinds of stuff of everything. And you'd find these cans of whole grains uh, and they'd be selling grinders or they would sell cans full of wheat flour and that's you know it's a big thing out there you know grains are a major thing and of course when you're doing storable foods the cheapest part of a storable food uh, package is the grains you get lots of oatmeal lots of rice lots of um, um, stuff to make bread mix and muffins and biscuits and that kind of thing because it's filler and it gives the calories, so you can have X number of calories per meal per day and all that kind of stuff, but it's not necessarily the best food in the world to be eating, especially in a stressful situation, you know, when the grid is down and crap's hitting the fan and that kind of thing. But, you know, be that as it may, there are a lot of people out there that are gluten intolerant and don't even know it. Um, but if you're not gluten intolerant, that does not mean you can still go ahead and eat those things with impunity because they are going to have an effect on you regardless. You know, the least of which is weight gain. You'll end up, you know, big around the waist and the hips and that kind of thing. And then what it does to your blood vessels. It does tend to get in there and plug things uh, plug things up and you get plaque and that kind of stuff. But the main thing is what it does to your intestines especially if you're gluten intolerant. And because of that, um, I have another video here that is uh, 14 minutes long. And this is Dr. Peter Glidden discussing good food, bad food, and um, it's called Against the Grain, Why Gluten is Bad. And
2: uh, we're going to listen to this. Here we go. Dr. Glidden here thanks for logging on this lecture uh, good food bad food specifically uh, talking today about the problem with gluten and why that's bad from the naturopathic medical perspective by the way which is the only perspective that a prudent person would pay attention to when trying to get good solid information about food and nutrition and diet asking a medical doctor any question at all about food nutrition or diet is a fool's game that's like asking uh, an electrician the guy that wired your house uh... how to fix your computer he's just the wrong person to ask medical doctors have no training and no clinical experience with nutrition at all and they look down their noses at it uh, because they are completely in the dark about the absolute necessity value and effectiveness of clinical nutrition, but naturopathic physicians are trained in it. So here we go. The title of this lecture is uh, Against the Grain or Betty Crocker Was Not a Doctor, and I am going to explain to you why wheat, barley, rye, and oats are bad foods. And I know that this is counterintuitive and this is not what you have been taught, but that's the whole point of this, right? We are trying to unlearn uh, the wrong stuff that we've learned over the decades. So let's start here. We can blame it all on the Egyptians. The whole grain, cultural grain thing, started with the Egyptians. It's right there in the Old Testament, right? You know, the Egyptians figured out that during times of plenty, you could grow wheat and grain and store it and then use it in times of famine and drought and it was a really it was a really good thing at the time because it saves lots of lives during times of famine and drought and then of course general mills and betty crocker who wasn't even a real person right uh... took that ball and ran with it and we've been suffering from it ever since now here's why it's a problem it's the problem the problem with grain specifically wheat barley rye and oats is not the grain itself it's the protein that's in the grain and the protein that's in these grains mostly is referred to as gluten and gluten is a very difficult protein for the human body to digest conservative estimates are that sixty percent of caucasians and eighty percent of blacks have a big problem digesting the gluten protein okay And here's why that happens. Now, a protein doesn't matter whether it's a fish protein or a chicken protein or a wheat, barley, rye, oat protein, a rice protein, or a soy protein. doesn't matter. If it's a protein, all that it is is long chains of amino acids or amino acids that have been daisy-chained together. Now, if you remember from Dr. Wallach's lectures, Amino, uh, amino acids are essential nutrients. There are 12 amino acids that are essential nutrients for the human body, which means they need to be imported into the body. The body cannot manufacture an essential nutrient. If a nutrient is uh, uh, categorized as essential, it has to go down the hatch every day. So we get our amino acids from protein. That's the main reason we need to eat protein. Now, Regardless of the type of protein, a protein is just a group of amino acids that have been chained together through chemical bonds. This would be the chemical bond and the individual balls in this diagram or circles would be the amino acids, okay? So this is a very simple protein, a number of amino acids daisy-chained together, and it's the job of the stomach to break those chemical bonds, liberating the free amino acids. Let's look at that again. Here's a protein. And we chew the protein up and swallow it. It goes into the stomach, where the stomach hopefully snaps those chemical bonds, liberating the amino acids, which are now free, in which the body can absorb readily. Now, here's a picture of a simple protein. <clears throat> you can see here that the balls would be the amino acids, daisy chained together, in uh... A chemical structure which is either simple or quite complex. These are artists' renditions of electron micrographs of different proteins. This might be a fish protein and a chicken protein and an egg protein and a soy protein, etc., uh, etc. Et the take-home message here is that where the protein came from gives that protein its structure. And the structure of protein can be vastly different one from the other, and therein lies the problem. Because the chemical bond that we find in the protein of wheat, barley, rye, and oats is very difficult for the stomach to digest. Everything has to be just right in the stomach for the stomach to snap those bonds and liberate the free amino acids let's take a look at this here's our digestive tract mouth up here salivary glands so you know we put something into our mouth and our teeth start to mash it up and pound it up and then the salivary glands excrete saliva and it starts to chemically digest the food and then we swallow it food goes into the stomach where the lion's share of digestion happens the stomach if it's healthy contains acid which is really really strong man it is like battery acid if you could stick a tube down your stomach if your stomach acid was healthy and strong and you took some out and dropped it on your skin it'd burn a hole right through it the pH of a healthy stomach acid is about 1.4 it's very acidic but the stomach has developed a lining that is impervious to the acid the wonders of nature right Uh, So, we eat food, mash it up with our teeth, swallow it, it goes into the stomach where the lion's share of digestion happens. And then, the food passes from the stomach into the small intestines. And it's the small intestines where all of the absorption of our nutrients happens. And that happens through the agency of an anatomical structure called a villi. Now, if you were to take the intestinal tract and cut it in half, this is what it would look like all of these structures here are like little tentacles of an octopus right and they are referred to as villi and there are millions of them that's millions with an M and on top of the villi there are thousands of microvilli. a thousand million is a billion so in somebody's intestinal tract there are billions of tissues which are designed specifically to absorb nutrients. So it's the job of the villi to reach out, stick to a molecule of food that you've digested, and suck it in, put it into the bloodstream. This is the border. The intestinal tract is where everything gets absorbed into the bloodstream. Now once a nutrient or something gets into the bloodstream, it's inside the body. When it's in the intestinal tract, it's outside the body, which I know is counterintuitive. Uh, you think about it: if you put a grape, you know, inside your mouth on top of your tongue, technically it would be outside of the body. It's not going to be inside of the body until your body digests it and absorbs it into the bloodstream, and that happens in the intestinal tract. That is the job of the intestinal tract to absorb the nutrients that your system has digested, okay? However, when we eat wheat, barley, rye, or oats, we get nothing but trouble because the chemical bonds of wheat, barley, rye, and oats, for some reason, and we don't know why, it just is, right? For some reason, those chemical bonds are very difficult for the stomach to break. I mean, everything has to be just right for the stomach to break these bonds and liberate the free amino acids and again conservative estimates are that sixty percent of Caucasians cannot do this and eighty percent of blacks cannot do this so this means when the majority of whites and blacks or blacks the majority of people eat wheat, barley, rye, or oats these proteins are undigested and this is a problem because when you get an undigested protein, and remember, you know, they can be very complex, right? So when you get one of these tumbling through the intestinal tract, where there should only be individual amino acids, that's like having an elephant in your living room. And that's a bad idea. That's nothing but trouble. You you have an elephant outside the house, no problem. You know, maybe for the elephant, but not for you. But an elephant inside the house will start breaking things, and that's exactly what happens. As these undigested proteins of wheat, barley, rye, and oats tumble through the intestinal tract, they destroy the villi mechanically, and they also carry an electrical charge. You know, a thundercloud, the bigger that the thundercloud is, the bigger the electrical charge that it holds, and the bigger the lightning that comes out of it, right? It's the same thing with an undigested protein. Because of its size and complexity, uh, a protein carries an electrical charge. And as the undigested protein tumbles through the intestinal tract, it's like a live wire. And it will also destroy the villi through uh, something akin to contact dermatitis, you know, the electrical charge destroys the villi, gives it a little zap. Now, remember, it is the job of the villi to absorb nutrients into the body. And when you destroy the villi, you impair the mechanism that the body absorbs nutrients through, right? So, common sense then would dictate that when you eat wheat barley rye and oats and those undigested proteins tumble through the intestinal tract as they destroy the tissue in the intestinal tract all kinds of bad things happen you get irritable bowel, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, and ulcerative colitis which all are the same disease by the way just different levels of tissue destruction but all of this Ultimately, results in malabsorption because what are we doing? We're destroying the villi, which the body uses to absorb things. So, you know, if you have a hundred villi on Monday and seventy on Tuesday and fifty on Wednesday and thirty on Thursday, you're going to absorb less and less and less and less. And, and this is really just common sense. And this is why these things are a problem and now all of this leads to malabsorption which of course is the genesis of most chronic disease Dr. Wallach's research Dr. Wallach's seminal research clearly showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that the majority of chronic disease is caused or directly affected by lack of nutrition by malnutrition now our supposition is that there's not enough nutrition in the food anyway to sustain somebody's body and make it healthy. It is impossible to nutrify the body just by eating food. You cannot do it. Now, if on top of that sad facts we're eating regularly wheat, barley, rye and oats that are destroying the villi, we're going to be able to absorb even less nutrients. Than we could the week before so the food doesn't have the nutrients that we need anyway and now we can not absorb half of it so this is not a good recipe it actually is in fact a recipe for disaster and it is in fact the genesis of most chronic disease so our take-home message you may be in the small percentage of people that are okay with wheat, barley, rye, or oats but the odds are against it so the recommendation is go on a gluten-free diet as soon as is humanly possible. Uh, you will benefit from it uh, undoubtedly. And uh as our clinical experience shows us that the longer we go uh on a gluten-free diet the better we feel, the healthier we get and the more our body is able to absorb things. Oh the good news. When we stop eating wheat, barley, rye, and oats, Give the body the 91 essential nutrients appropriate for body weight every day. Guess what happens? The villi grow back. And that's a good thing. Dr. Glidden with you, your steadfast advocate for help, health. <laughs> Thanks for logging on. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Stay-
0: All righty. And that was my Dr. Peter Glidden. And uh, as usual, the docs do a far better job of explaining things than I can. And I look to them because basically when you hear me, you're just hearing what these guys have told me and I'm just repeating it. I'm not making stuff up on my own, uh, basically just going with what the experts have told me in the past. And, um, uh, that's why I figured it'd just be better to go ahead and play these two recordings and give you an idea straight from the horse's mouths about why you want to avoid wheat, barley, rye, and oats and bread in general. And, um, I think they did a good job. Uh, Patrick, if you're out there listening and want to call in, uh, if you have any other questions on that, go ahead to 614-426-8787. 614-426-8787 is the number to call in. Another thing to keep in mind is bread is mostly wheat. It's a complex or potentially refined carbohydrate, depending on what the bread is made out of, Um, but it's a carbohydrate. And it converts to sugar. And the last thing you need, <laughs> and this I get from Dr. Uh, Joanne Conaway, you know, a, a slice of white bread will convert to sugar and boost your blood sugar more than eating, I think it was a, ta- a teaspoon of regular white sugar. It boosts it faster and it has a longer effect. So that's just one more reason why you want to avoid breads in general because the. People in this country get far too much sugar in their diets. Virtually, oh man, most of the foods we get are either loaded with sugar or convert to sugar very easily. And the last thing we need is more sugar in our diet. We need less. You know, sugar is not the antichrist, but it, um, we get far too much. It's not having the sugar, it's having the amount that we get. You know, the uh, turn of the last century... The average American, according to Dr. Wallach's research, had uh, consumed uh, half a pound of sugar a year. Today, the average American consumes half a pound of sugar a day. That's a little over 150 pounds of sugar a a year compared to a half a pound a year in, in a little over 100 years' time. That is why we have so much obesity uh, so many um, other health e- effect, defects as well as so much more uh, type 2 diabetes. We have so much sugar in our diet, the system has a hard time keeping up with the processing of it. And especially when you're lower in nutrients, especially minerals, uh, you don't have, your body doesn't have what it needs to maintain proper glucose metabolism. So that coupled with the extra amounts of sugar we're consuming leads naturally to more type 2 diabetes and other health issues. So, you know, that's just one more reason to avoid bread. But the stuff plugs you up. And I'll tell you what, if you go 30 days without wheat, barley, rye, and oats, you won't want to go back. But one of the other things Dr. Glidden came out with after he made this recording was if you want to know for sure whether you're uh, gluten intolerant or, you know, you may not be, but one thing that's fun to do is just go gluten-free for 30 days. Don't eat anything with gluten. And then on day 31, don't eat anything except gluten. When you get up, you know, have have waffles, pancakes, pizza um, all day long. Just eat stuff made with wheat, barley, rye, and oats. After a month of not eating that stuff, the vast majority of people that eat it on day 31 are miserable on day 32. That just tells you how much better you're going to feel if you stop eating this stuff. Not to mention how much better you're going to look. Like I said, you know, I had a big old gut and in 45 days it was gone. The stuff just melts off of you when you stop eating the wheat, barley, rye, and oats. So that's, you know, in and of itself a great reason not to consume this stuff. The trouble is, is like I said, it has opioid type compounds in it that give you a psychological feeling of not euphoria, but just, you know, a feeling of uh, overall well-being. It's comfort food. That's why they call it that. And when you eat that stuff, you feel you're happy. You know, you're just happy. But... It ain't good for you. And when you continue to eat that stuff, in the long term, it causes deleterious effects. So, you know, that's uh, that's basically my take on, on bread in general. Wheat, barley, rye, and oats, and that kind of thing. Why you ought to avoid it. And just for the fun of it, I did a little, you know, and you can do a little internet searches. And... Just type in something like, What does white bread do to your gut? Something like that. You got white bread and digest, digestion. Is whole wheat be- bread better than white? Not really. It's still bread and it's still made with the same stuff. Is the bread you are eating causing, a, causing stomach problems? Probably. How long does white bread stay in your gut? Let's look at that one. It's from AnswerMeTrue.com. How long does white bread stay in your gut? Let's see here. Now, is there an answer? <laughs> hmm. Shows the question, but I'm not seeing the answer. And they just transferred me to another site. I hate when they do that. Okay, how long does white bread stay in your gut? Huh. That's nice. It gives you the question, but it doesn't give you an answer. That's stupid. Oh man. Why is uh, that's goofy? Huh. Well, that was a waste. Let me check some of the other ones. Apparently, Answer Me True does. Oh, top solution gluten free rice bread recipe. Nope, don't want that. Yeah, it just comes up with a recipe, but it doesn't come up with an answer. That's just goofy. So much for that. Let's see if we can find.
2: Hi, my name is Catherine. Ah. Didn't find the answer you were
0: looking Get rid of her these things that pop up. Let's see what else we got. What do white bread and sugar say you do to the body? Let's see if there's a real answer in this question. What do white bread and white sugar do to the body? Carbohydrates make up an essential part of your diet, providing energy your body needs to function. And unfortunately, too many people, the vast majority of people, that's where they get their energy is from carbohydrates. If you really want to improve your health, get into the ketogenic lifestyle where your body is no longer burning sugar for energy, but it's burning fat for energy. It's much healthier and it will keep you slim and it keeps the intake of sugars down, which is a good thing. Anyway... Uh, type of carbohydrates you choose have an effect on your health. Whole grain, whole grain carbohydrates lower your disease risk and provide nutrients such as fiber you need for good health. Simple, or while simple carbohydrates such as sugar and refined carbohydrates such as white bread have a negative effect on your health, while you can eat sugar and white bread in moderation, including too much in your diet poses a number of health risks. Uh, basically, cause blood sugar swings. Promotes tooth decay. That's true because when that stuff's in your mouth, it turns into acid, which basically destroys your tooth Uh, enamel. It's not really decay. It's um, dissolving. (laughs) Uh, Limits other healthier options. These things don't have very good answers. I'm too used to having Dr. Glidden and Dr. Wallet give me straight answers. So I don't, uh, when I come across these websites that don't know what's going on, it's kind of rat bluff. Yeah. Anyway, let's see what else is going on. I think we've kind of ridden that horse as far as we can. You know, we talked a lot about uh, vaccines and that kind of stuff. Just one more thing. Here's uh, yesterday I was talking about there's uh, just one, not just one good reason to avoid a flu shot. There's ten, actually. There's more than that, but um, these are the ten that came up with uh, in this article. In case you haven't noticed, every Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS in the country is once again the in fearmongering mode when it comes to pushing their customers to get the flu shot. You know, I've got a CVS in my area that does it year-round, all year-round, even in the summer. They have some get your flu shot. And I felt like stopping in and saying, okay, well, are you, do you guys have this year's flu shot already? Or are you just, you know, still got an overstock of last year's that you're trying to get rid of that's, you know, no good. Of course, this year's won't be any good either. So it really doesn't make any difference whether you get it, when you get it, <laughs> it's not going to do any good. The one thing it will do is shed the virus off of you for a good week to two weeks after you get the shot. So you can infect other people and maybe they'll get the flu. Anyway, um to get the flu shot, but for all the reasons the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that Americans should just roll over and take the seasonal jab, there's plenty more scientific reasons not to. The following 10 reasons topping the list. Number one, one uh, of them is that flu shots still contain neurotoxic mercury in the form of thimerosal. While many other childhood vaccines have had thimerosal mostly removed from their ingredient list, save for trace amounts, Flu shots are among the remaining holdouts, even though there's admittedly no safe amount of mercury that can be injected into the human body. Believe it or not, many flu shots also contain dangerous antibiotic drugs like neomycin and gentamicin, this is item number two, that can contribute to the development of antibiotic-resistant superbugs. These same antibiotics can also damage a person's beneficial gut bacteria, making them more prone to gastrointestinal issues and other forms of disease. the gut is the second brain and all health stems from the gut if your gut is healthy you will be healthy if your gut is not healthy there's no way on earth that you're going to be healthy and one of the things that keeps your gut healthy is the good bacteria and when you take antibiotics or you get them through vaccines they kill off the good bacteria and then the bad bacteria make you toxic and really make you sick. Number three, independent laboratory tests have shown that many flu shots are contaminated with glyphosate. The primary active ingredient in Monsanto, now owned by Bayer, is Roundup Herbicide. Glyphosate is associated with autism, irritable bowel syndrome, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and has been declared by the World Health Organization to be probably carcinogenic. But we know it definitely is. Flu shots are also loaded with other toxic substances like aluminum, formaldehyde, Carbolic acid, and even antifreeze. You don't want to freeze up when you're out there in the cold, right? All adjuvants that sound science has shown are highly toxic to the human body. Flu shots don't even prevent disease, they spread it. While flu shots are branded as a type of cure for disease, nothing could be further from the truth. Studies show that they actually cause and spread disease. Number five. As many as 80% of people who get the flu shot jab continue to shed and spread the virus a full week after being vaccinated. The human brain isn't exactly a fan of flu shots. As studies show that people who get them have substantially higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and this is item number six, people who get flu shots have tenfold increased risk of Alzheimer's, in fact, which is due to the shot's inflammatory effects inside the body and brain. Number seven, flu shots are also associated with deadly neurological condition known as Guillain-Barre syndrome, which the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services lists as among the top adverse effects associated with flu shots. I have a good friend who's 80 years old. When he was in the Air Force in 1957, they lined his entire company up and gave them all a seasonal flu shot. And fully two-thirds of that company ended up in the hospital And he spent two weeks on a gurney in the hallway with people running around, lights on constantly, the whole shooting match, because there was no room, there were no rooms available. And he ended up contracting Guillain-Barre syndrome and spent a bunch of time in an iron lung because he had no breathing function at all. And to this day, if anybody even suggests the idea of getting any kind of vaccine, especially a flu shot, he is first and foremost to tell him absolutely not, no way, no how. <laughs> anyway, HHS also warns that flu shots are prone to causing viral mutations, and this is item number eight, which, like antibiotics, can cause antibiotic resistant superbugs. Number nine Sorry about that. Um when it comes to one's overall risk of disease that risk That risk increases all across the board in conjunction with getting flu shots. There have been many proven cases of flu shots causing conditions like transverse myelitis, gastroparesis, brachial neuritis, and Bell's palsy. And number 10, perhaps the worst thing about flu shots is that they often don't even work. What do you mean often? Just about always don't work. The entire flu shot industry is based upon around a guessing game of trying to pre to, to predetermine which flu strains are going to circulate in a given year a process that far from being scientific probably better resembles a game of darts than science-based medicine and i might add they have never been right every single year they take a guess at which flu strain is going to be the primary one and they have not gotten it right once Instead of taking flu shots, it's better to go the natural route by building up immunity through diet and lifestyle. Dr. Lee Aaron Connolly, MD, recommends foods like fresh produce, garlic, mushrooms, black tea, plenty of sleep, exercise, and hydration. And notice he didn't say a thing about good nutrition because he doesn't know anything about those things. And that's the key. The first thing you want to do is get off the bad foods, which lessen your resistance to um, disease. And at the same time, you want to give your body the 90 essential nutrients because that's the core foundational nutrition that your body's designed to use to produce a healthy functioning immune system. If you want to be healthy, you got to give your body the stuff it needs to make itself healthy. And that is the 90 essential nutrients, along with good fats, good proteins, and a little teeny bit of carbohydrates. So... You can learn more about the dangers of flu shots by visiting flu flushotnews.com. Just for the fun of it, I'm going to click that and see what we've got. There's all kinds of, oh my goodness. Hmm, update, employment flu shot alternatives, age of autism, national media update, closet punishment, flu shot, vaccine narcolepsy. Wow, there's all kinds of stuff here. Michael Strawn says he hasn't had a flu shot in years. I don't know who that is. Northern Truth Seeker from the Files of Absurdity, volume 142. Walgreens is offering something. Flu Shot JPEG. Florida prepares a huge swine flu shot program city give us your guns get a free flu shot oh okay let's take a look at that one (laughs) it's pure stupid yeah years and years ago you know the the big thing was the gun buybacks and they would give you food coupons that you could take to the local grocery store and um, i actually got a really really nice smith and wesson um airframe air late air i think it was a model 12 two inch um uh, alloy frame 38 special um, cause we had the, the gun buybacks and I was a supervisor on duty. So I was, I, I told my dispatcher that I would handle them all and I got sent to one. And by the time I got there, I got word that there was no more of the, of the food coupons available and they were like $40 worth. So I told her, I says, if you want, when I get off work, I'll come back and I'll give you $40 cash and you can go, go buy all the groceries you want. And I went back after work and bought the gun, got the gun from her, gave her 40 bucks, and I got myself about a $400 uh, Airweight Smith & Wesson. Anyway, give us your guns, get a free flu shot, and a Wegmans gift card. And in return for the guns, the city will offer gift certificates and a free flu shot. And this is from, oh, Prison Planet, okay. And this was December 3rd, oh, 2012. It's an old one. City residents or residents of any other community may bring their unwanted weapons unloaded and wrapped in a bag from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday to the Worcester Worcester County or Worcester Police Headquarters in Lincoln Square. Uh, It doesn't say what the location is. um, Or from 9 to 3 on December 8th at the Worcester uh, Division of Public Health, 25 Mead Street. Since the program began in 2002, Goods for Guns has collected approximately 2,200 guns. Because there's a lot of stupid people out there that are goofy enough to give up your protection for something that doesn't protect. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The craziness. But, like I say, you know, if people are stupid enough to do that, they probably shouldn't have guns in the first place. (sighs) Crazy. Anyway... Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff on that flu shot news or whatever it is. But we're just about out of time. And again, the key here, number one, avoid breads because there's nothing good in them. There's no good constituents. There's nothing good, healthy in them for you. You might as well just not even eat them. Just stick with good, healthy things. Get off the bad foods. Give your body the 90 essential nutrients that you need to support and maintain good health. And add a little extra zinc and some other things this time of year. Stay away from all the sweets, the sugars, and everything in the holiday season because a teaspoon of sugar will knock your immune system out for eight hours. And you'll have a much better chance of going through the cold and flu season without getting a cold or the flu. And that's always a good thing. So we'll be back on Monday. Tomorrow's going to be a replay, but we'll be back Monday live with another Cryptocurrency Monday and um Just uh, stand by for more great programming here on the People's Patriot Network. And keep in mind to always take care of your body because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you again Monday. Take care. Have a great weekend. And God bless.